You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay. What are we drinking today? A new drink. Again, a new drink. Yeah. And it's a holiday drink. So yeah. this is a Brandy Alexander. Oh, okay. And so it's one and a half ounces of brandy, Yeah. an ounce of cream de cocoa, and, and they want you to really try to use the dark but I don't have dark, so I use white. It doesn't matter because I've had Alexander's both ways. Yes. So it doesn't, that doesn't matter. And then an uh, ounce of cream. Oh, okay. So you use half and half. Yep. And then you shake it real well to get it cold, and then you sprinkle some nutmeg on top. Oh. Well, it sure is pretty. It's simple. It smells good. Oh. Definitely a, definitely a Christmas drink. It's totally a Christmas drink. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Yeah. It's good. It's delicious. Good. It's, yeah. it's yummy. <laughs> yummy. Yummy. It's yummy, yummy, yummy. It's kind of like eggnog, but not. I was thinking that too when I was making it. I thought, oh, mm-hmm. this is very similar, but not the egginess. But yeah. This is better than eggnog. Yeah. Well, Brandy Alexanders are no joke. And they serve them sometimes in martinis. And sometimes you get them in these flutes. They serve yeah. them in flutes too at the yeah. holidays. And I remember having them as a kid. Someone said, this is special milk. <laughs> yeah, yes, it, it is. is special milk. <laughs> very special. And I thought that milk tastes really good. Yeah. <laughs> but well. it's an easy little... Holiday drink. Super easy, delicious. Yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. You know, we've had a couple of really interesting conversations about CBT, cock and bull torture with mm-hmm. a couple of interesting kinksters. Right. And it's been fascinating, you know, to see what the world of CBT is all about. And I was surfing Twitter and ran across Mistress Diana showing some gentleman what her <laughs> foot skills are. Yes. <laughs> with excellent ball kicking. And I thought, you know, we've got to talk to her. So Mistress Diana, welcome to the conversation. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're delighted that you're here. And we always begin our pod by inviting you to share your journey in sexuality. So tell us about how you discovered yourself as a sexual creature and how that evolved into where men kneel before you to get ball kicked. Well, I think like any person, it's obviously a journey of exploration. I think I've always been quite sexual even in the way as where I was at school and you know you'd you'd get a kick out of the boys playing kiss chase with you and you'd obviously turn around and just give him a quick kick to the balls and there was that thrill there that obviously it wasn't a sexual thing at the time but it soon became a sexual thing as soon as soon as I hit puberty really there's always been an element of control for me that's always been the main appeal I actually started out as a bottom and I think a lot of women do they sort of see themselves naturally they're meant to be the 
submissive one to their uh, male partner, but um, I soon soon worked out that wasn't for me. And I ended up switching the other way, and I haven't looked back since, really. It's interesting. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, too, about the whole starting out as a bottom. I think what's unique about dominant women is we often go that route, and therefore we have the ability to understand what it's like to submit and serve. So we have expectations. Absolutely. Up front, expectations that, depending on your style, you have a standard that you want upheld. It seems logical to you because you've done it. You've lived it. And I think- Absolutely. You know how it feels on the other end. Well, and I think the other way around, men don't often go that route. And therefore they wonder, well, why does she want it this way? Or why does this, you know, and it's because we've played both sides. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. And I always say to be able to deliver something and deliver something well, you need to sort of have been on the other end of it yourself and you need to see how it's been received and... So yeah, I, I agree with that. So tell us about the motivation that men have, as far as you're concerned, who seek to have the foot attention to their balls that you offer. So it's it all depends, really. I you get asked a lot, you know, why why am I into this? I think it all boils down to a, a sexual vulnerability. There's something that you know the men are meant to be the physically superior between us but they have this sexual vulnerability between their legs that you know any person any size can bring them to their knees with just one swift kick and there's a there's a big power exchange there a bit a big control element of this woman just being able to bring this big man to his knees just with her foot and there's also, I think, maybe uh, a foot fetish tie between that as well. Obviously, something so delicate as a woman's foot being applied so hard to a man's genitalia can be quite appealing to some, even if they're not into ball busting per se. I think also when we interviewed, I think it was a, a guest who actually got was the receiver of the kicks, Yes, that although there's a cringe factor when guys think about this, there's also that excitement of the pre-anticipation, obviously then the, the impact, but he was describing it's that moment right before the impact that was so overwhelmingly euphorically thrilling for him. I'm smiling because she's saying that because that's a really important thing I wanted to touch on. It's A lot of it is in the mind. You really, you know, it's a lot of fun to play up to the anticipation of the build-up to the kick. And I, I often do that. I often taunt them and tease them and, you know, pretend I'm about to take this big running kick and then just stop right before it. That in itself can bring a man to his knees. <laughs> Well, for those who haven't had the experience of getting hit in the nuts, I can say with absolute certainty that, especially because it occurred to me in an unexpected way, <laughs> I was literally dropped to my knees with the most exquisite pain that you can possibly imagine outside of, say, dental pain. Like that was the extreme of it. And I totally get like that's the end point. But I also believe that, and maybe, you know, I've never seen a whole scene where you're executing this but i can imagine that you build the scene up to that and then that's the sort of conclusion is that fair enough or is that maybe a step in that direction yeah no i'd, I'd say that 
that's quite accurate. You know, I mean, some, some there are some guys that just purely love ball busting and will just want to stand there and get kicked and kicked and kicked over and over again. There's obviously a lot of fun in that, but yeah, that there's a there's a build up and you know, as you you've got to sort of elegantly seduce them as you would into giving you know giving you what you want and which is a you know a great big a great big ball busting at the end of it but yeah no the, I'd say there's a lot more fun in the uh in the build-up as well it's not just all about you know getting to the end result it's definitely a uh, a marathon and not a sprint well everybody has every dominant has like their choice on limits and where they're at and I know we're talking about feet but we're also talking about genitalia and everyone's comfort level is different and style. So do you do only like shoed kickings through clothing? Do you do shoe, shoe kickings uh, through bear balls and, you know, genitalia? Or do you do naked foot with naked balls or vice versa? Like what's the spectrum? For me personally, my preference is bare balls, barefoot. I don't know if that's just me being me, but I like the sort of the skin to skin contact, but I don't really have any limits when it comes to that. Some guys will prefer you to do it barefoot, some guys will prefer you in a nice boot. But yeah, I'm I'm just happy to be able to kick. So I'm interested, you know, the balls, they are slightly vulnerable critters. Oh, I guess I have a couple questions. What's the risk that you're taking on by being a ball buster? And how do you mitigate that risk? Let's start there. So, of course, there's, there's huge risks that come with it. You know, you can rupture a ball. You'll be pissing blood. There's, I always like to say I don't do safe, sane, consensual play. I like to be risk aware. So we're both fully aware of the risks you know it's obviously spoken about and ball busters tend to have a lot of experience themselves before approaching me anyway so they're you know they're fully versed in in their own body and their own limits as it were there's always going to be this I mean this is the thing this is risky play there's always going to be some sort of risk involved when you're you know, being so physical with someone. <laughs> I wouldn't say there's any way to really mitigate that. Obviously, you've got just got to know what you're doing. You can't obviously take a castrator or something to someone's balls if you don't really know, you know, how to get yourself out of that position so should something go horribly wrong. So it's, it's just really about knowing your limits, knowing their limits more importantly and just being really communicative about it. Okay, well, that makes sense. So do you have a, a disclaimer or a consent form that people sign giving you the permission that you need in writing to do this thing so you don't end up in court? Absolutely. I, I treat it the same way as I would with filming, definitely like a, a release consent form, you know, that I haven't just approached this person and just done this without you know their consent so yeah there is with heavy play like that I do like to implement some form of written agreement where you know should things turn ugly which they haven't but should they do then yeah my ass is covered balls come in all shapes and sizes some are retracted some are hanging way down I don't know if that changes how you operate or proceed additionally do you do things that might enhance the pain, I guess, meaning things that come to mind for me are like ball corsets or uh, rope binding at the base of the balls to engorge them 
quite full. So in your kick, it has maximum impact. Absolutely. I've got um, a lovely range of CBT toys and I love to get creative with anything like that. Deep heat. I don't know if you have that in the US. Deep heat makes your balls basically. It just feels like we're on fire and tiger bar, stuff like that. So obviously getting all the blood to the balls, restricting, you know, their movement. I have um, a steel spiked ball weight that I often like to use obviously not barefoot (laughs) but that helps keep them in one place and keep them very restricted and you know lovely and purple sound very devious (laughs) I love it (laughs) thank you (laughs) I saw a video that you posted and it was a situation where you had a man tied up on all fours And there were three of you taking turns, kicking him in the nuts one after another. So tell us about that experience. How does that play out? Do you leave the guy eventually unconscious? (laughs) That was uh, was a fantastic day. That was uh, Mistress Tess. That was one of her boys. And he is a a fantastic masochist. He lives for it. So you, you were really seeing us going at him there. But in between the scenes, you know, we we'd check him, ask him if he was okay. He jumped straight back on his feet, shake it off. And he's like, yep, yep, let's do it again. So yeah, it, it looks it looks hardcore. It is hardcore, but he's hardcore as well. So yeah, that was a, that was great fun. Just all of us being able to just give it 110% and just really wail on him. I'm just cringing over here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> so in the context of being a ball-busting dom, Do you also provide pleasure that goes beyond just hardcore ball busting for the masochist that you interact with? Um, Yeah, but not without its uh, conditions. Um, I don't provide pleasure per se, but I do relish in post-orgasm torment. So you have your pleasure, but then obviously the intensity is still at its absolute peak and stays there and I just sort of don't let off so I'm like if you're going to enjoy this you're going to enjoy this to its absolute max and hopefully make your cock fall off in the process okay say more about that (laughs) so I have a a lovely thing called a, a slub which it looks as sort of as cruel as it actually is it's like a a multi-tool like a power tool and it has this rubber attachment on the end, which you obviously put around the cock. You know, and it's got to be well lubed because this thing is like a powered by a twelve volt battery, so it's pretty powerful. And it can make the most impotent of men ejaculate. And it's yeah, it's an evil little thing. Let's just say that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It really is. I'd recommend getting one a slub it's a slub s-l-u-b-b wow now i think they're a a german make but yeah Uh fantastic well worth the money is it a sleeve or you say it's a ring that fits around the base yeah so it's uh it's it's um you attach it on to the end and it's like a a ring of rubber like a like a like a sleeve which you just slide over the top of the cock and it will just stay in one place obviously you have to hold it there it's quite a heavy a heavy device but then it vibrates and with the vibrations it makes sort of this uh like an s movement where the rubber hits your cock and it it's, goes up to like i think six levels and i don't think i've been able to get past the second level with maybe i have i've got up to number four i think with one person 
<laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's very powerful, very fun. What an interesting tool. You know, it's great about that. I just love that you shared that because that's been a complaint of mine for a long time. So in my journey to orgasm prior to getting into the kink lifestyle, I made that wonderful discovery about the Hitachi and, you know, my whole world opened up. And then I started thinking about sex toys and stores and what's out there. And there's tons and tons of stuff for women, like tons. And when you start to really look for men, it's limited. It's very limited for men. It's just very limited. There's sleeves. I mean, of course, men can use some of the same toys women use, but let's just talk about men specific. There's rings and all those things to yeah. keep them engorged. But I'm talking about you know, there's the fleshlight where they can like beat off into that fleshlight kind of mouth pussy thing. But what you're describing is like something new for me to hear that's actually Very specific. New. And it's like nothing I've ever seen before. As soon as I saw a friend of mine, she posted a clip with it and I was I was like, what is that? Like, I've never seen anything like that before. And everyone I've used it on, every every time I've used it with a friend and that they've got out and got one. And yeah, it's really inventive. And you look at it and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like a sex toy, <laughs> but it most certainly is. Very cool. So do you do dominant style work outside of ball busting or, is, or are you exclusively the ball busting dominant of Birmingham? <laughs> <laughs> what a title. Um, no, I, I, I do it all. I'm a, I'm a pro dom by day and night. I pretty much live for this. So yeah, jack of all trades, as you to call me. Okay, so you've got a sub and like in the back of your mind, you're thinking, man, I want to just kick him in the nuts. But this particular sub hasn't got there yet. So what's the process of getting a sub who is a masochist but hasn't taken on ball busting yet to a place where they, that would be a consideration? A lot of attention in that area, really. Obviously, it's something that you'd, you'd have to build up, maybe light taps, teasing. It's a, you know, it's a... It's a marathon, it's not a sprint, it's not anything that you, you jump straight into. So you just work to their strengths really. You know, if they like if they like feet, you know, tease them with your feet. If they like rope bondage, incorporate that into it and just build on it really. Okay, so let's say you're talking to a friend and she says, you know, I really want to black ball bust my partner. <laughs> what are the steps like would you start with like hand tapping and work up to fist pumping and then, <laughs> and then like, just string him up by the garage string, string him up by the balls and just no no definitely don't surprise him <laughs> don't just go out and do it um, again, communicate. Communication, that's the main thing. You don't need to understand the reasons why you like doing these things. But if you're clear about, you know, your limits and what you do enjoy and your partner is willing to meet you halfway with that, then, yeah. It's all about just talking about it, just being honest about it. So interesting. I know. So let's say post-ball massacre, basically, what, as a pro-dom, what do you do for aftercare, very specific for that? So I've always you know, had this thing um, I found in my career, personally, I can't speak for everyone, but a lot of people don't need aftercare directly because that's something that you kind of do on a on a day-to-day. -day. I've never been the kind of dom that, you know, will just kick them out the door and say, 
cope, see you later, you know, job's done. I'm, I'm very hands-on in the fact that I will check in with them and I will keep the lines of communication open. And, and so I, I find that in itself is aftercare. You know, it doesn't need to be directly a hug and a there, there. And, you know, some can find that quite patronising. But I'm always quite open about the fact that if there is something in your mind that you feel you would benefit from after the session, you know, I'm game, let me know. And that's something I can definitely incorporate. But I I never like to push aftercare on people because I know when I've been in a position where I've been a bottom, the last thing I want is people fussing over me after I, I kind of like to take myself away and and, you know, deal with it and process it quietly. So everyone's different. I get that. I, I think we were just thinking more about practical things like do you give them an ice bag on the way out the door? <laughs> no, I just kick them out the ass, <laughs> kick them up the ass and say, get out. No. <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm always very sort of like if if they need that, if there's obviously a visible visible injury, then that's that's a given. That's a that's just common sense, isn't it? It's not anything special that you do. I should hope that a lot of people have first aid kits and whatever else to hand should they need them. But the, within my sessions, there's always a, a cool down period where we have a cup of tea and or of force a bottle of water down their neck if they uh, refuse a hot drink and just sort of make sure that they're you know firing on all cylinders and, and that they're good you know I mean people can look after themselves physically if there's a you know a little nick or or something you know they're quite confident that like they don't need another person to to stick a plaster on them so I, I'm, I'm always quite aware that if there's no sort of visible injury to them and I like to focus on making sure that they're, they're mentally okay and you know and, and happy with everything that's just happened okay and so what's the frequency of actions like this so you you do bull busting with them on Saturday they're a deep masochist you fuck them up really good when would you have them back uh personally I wouldn't have him back for a few weeks but again a lot of people are very aware of their own limitations and you know they won't book back in for another few weeks and it's the same with caning you'll often see um you know if, if a sub has had uh, a caning session with a mistress and then has gone for filming a few weeks after and they're still you know very faint but visible marks it's quite obvious that you know that that's an area that you don't touch because it hasn't fully healed smart yeah really smart <laughs> Well, this is really fascinating. Is there anything else you want to share in the world that we haven't asked you about in the world of pole busting? I can't think of anything in particular, but knowing me, I will think of something as soon as I come off the air. So, <laughs> uh, I get that. So great. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell our listeners, you know, how to find you and how to find your content so that they can experience what this conversation is all about because it's an experience to watch. Absolutely. It would be a pleasure. So, I have my own website, which is Diana Von Rig, Rig with two G's, .co.uk. And I'm also on Clips for Sale. Same again, clipsofsale.com forward slash Diana Von Rig. And I have a loyal fans account as well, which I do try and post on there, but I don't tend to fill it up with junk. So it's only when I'm doing something incredibly interesting, like ruining a man's penis, that I will post on there. So there's lots of really good content that I try and get on there. So yeah, the main one is dianavonrig.co.uk. Oh, and my Twitter as well. So Diana Von Rig. That's awesome. It is, it is. It's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's neat to hear that that's alive and well because, I mean, it's one of those niche areas. It's a super niche That we area, haven't yeah. found someone who actually will talk about it. So yeah. thank you for doing that. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing. I appreciate it. No, it's been fun. Thank you. That's it for today. 
If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!